Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. My name is Michael Borky. Appreciate you being a part of the show today. No live chat today. That'll be tomorrow night. There's just too much baseball going on right now uh, for me to do a live chat with not knowing like the results of all of these regionals that are going on. Didn't make much sense, but I am going to give you an episode anyway because the Portal King struck again and an important pickup for the Ole Miss offense. So we'll talk about that. I've also got something uh, on the SEC schedule thing. Uh, I'll save that for the end. I had some th- uh, some thoughts on why I think it was actually the right decision for now, for now, to stay at eight for now. Not forever, but for right now, I think the SEC ultimately made the right decision, and I'll explain to you why. Right here on the podcast, again, my name is Michael Borky. Follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. And wherever you get your podcasts, if you're listening to this on the website, appreciate you checking out the website, but hop on over to your favorite podcast app, search Rebel Report, and subscribe or like if you're on Spotify, and leave a rating and a review if you like what you hear. So the long-been-rumored Zachary Franklin transfer to Ole Miss has officially happened. There's been some rumors about you know, a hang-up or why there's a hang-up. I'm not going to get into that because I don't know for sure, and I just, there's no need to because he committed to Ole Miss, and so nothing else matters. Um, he's a wide receiver from UTSA, a highly, highly productive wide receiver from UTSA. In 2020, caught 50 passes for 700 yards and seven touchdowns. In 2021, caught 81 passes for just over 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns. And in 2022, 1,140 yards and 15 touchdowns. He is a highly, highly productive wide receiver from UTSA. He was, according to On3, the best available player in the transfer portal And he uh, is a a quality addition to a room that, as we've talked about, I don't think they were as desperate as they were at defensive line. And by the way, as you guys know, they shored up the defensive line. Uh, The the spring portal window, or the post-spring portal window, has been very good to Ole Miss. I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but uh, they have addressed needs in in this portal window for sure. Uh, And then... Most recent one, of course, is, again, Zachary Franklin from UTSA. I love portal prospects like this because I I think they're really safe. And safe can sometimes be taken as a negative. And and you guys know me. That's not a negative. Safe is not a negative. This just tells me that they needed help at wide receiver, and they found somebody that has been in a college system for four years, three of which he was really highly, highly productive and reliable, and that is a big thing in his game is the reliability. He's not the not the biggest guy on the field or, or anywhere close to it. He's not the fastest guy either, but when, when you watch him play, when you look at some extended highlights, um, catches the ball in traffic, he, he's the kind of guy that a quarterback loves because he really makes quarterbacks look good. If you, if you get it on him, he'll catch the ball, and, and that's pretty evident with his stats and, and drop rates and, and stuff like that. Again, not the fastest guy out there, not the most physical guy out there, but deeply reliable and dependable. And again, I love prospects like this because I think you know exactly what you're getting from him. Does he have the ceiling 
Is he the high-end player that Chris Marshall could be with his ability? Probably not. But even though UTSA does not play in the SEC, you've already seen it with Ole Miss players before coming from different places, going to Ole Miss and producing. I mean, Troy Brown, I know, is on defense, and, and so is Chance Campbell. But but you've seen guys come from lesser conferences and go to the SEC and produce because you know that they can. Um, I, I, that's why I love prospects like this. I, I think they're really safe. Uh, when you have the debate of high school recruiting versus portal recruiting, this is the kind of guy that I think I would rather have than a high school player if you had to pick one uh, or the other, which you don't because Ole Miss signed a high-level high school wide receiver as well. But this pickup also means that they're not going to have to depend on Aiden Williams, the freshman, to boom, like be an instant impact guy. Maybe he is that. We'll have to see. Apparently they really, really like him, but he doesn't have to be that anymore uh, with the addition of uh, Sakari Franklin. So uh, he's a big-time get. I did see some people reference him as he steps in right away and is, you know, wide receiver one and and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, maybe so. Uh, maybe he does become that. I think, though, when you look at this depth chart and where he fits, uh, the expectation should be for him. Because I, I, I even saw somebody uh, – okay. They didn't say he was going to be A.J. Brown. They asked me if he can produce like A.J. Brown. And my response is, oh, hold on. Um, there are very few people that are that are A.J. Brown. So, no, um, I expect his role on this team to be kind of similar to Malik Heath's in terms of reliability and, and production. Uh, I, I kind of look at him as a guy that, that you should expect to catch between seven to 900 yards worth of passes and fit very nicely. In this offense, I do think, though, everybody kind of loves the the shiny new toy uh, when it comes to things like this, because you, you've already got uh, Trey Harris, for example, on roster. And, and he's a big bodied wide receiver who was another guy that also was highly productive, albeit at, at a, a lesser uh, level. But apparently they're really, really high on him. You've got Jordan Watkins, who I think people are really underselling. He got hurt last year. I think he's going to have a really good year. I really liked what I saw from Jordan Watkins, and he's healthy now. You know, Dayton Wade was productive for you. Jalen Knox apparently had a good spring. So, you know, maybe there is questions on whether or not they've got like the super high end, like big time alpha, like 1,500 yards worth of catches, first round pick guy on this team. Maybe they don't have that guy. But it's when you look at you know the depth chart, which is always kind of funny to do this far away from the season, they've got a lot of guys that have produced a, a lot. Not all at Ole Miss. Again, Trey Harrison, Zakari Franklin, neither of which have taken a snap in an Ole Miss uniform yet. However, they are highly productive wide receivers with multiple thousand-yard receivers in Franklin's case, thousand-yard uh, years in Franklin's case under his belt. Trey Harris was just under a thousand yards himself and and Watkins's experience and Wade's experience and Knox was at an SEC school before he went to Ole Miss. I, I like now what this receiver room is. I don't know if I quote unquote love it yet, but I like it for sure. Um, it just has to translate and there's a chance that it doesn't. But when you've got guys that are this experienced producing at the level that they have produced, you should expect it to translate. I think that they have a really nice group of wide receivers, and if the tight end position uh, can be shored up with the addition of Priest Corn, and if Michael Trigg uh, takes a next step um, 
not necessarily physically, but takes the next step mentally, and then they continue to use the running backs out of the backfield, suddenly you look at the offensive weapons and you should really like what they have. Again, is there like a first-round pick, A.J. Brown caliber player? And I know he wasn't a first-round pick, but give me a break. Uh, Maybe not, but I like what they have in the room now. I think they've got guys that can be highly productive in the SEC. And Jackson Dart, or Spencer Sanders, I suppose, uh, should feel really good about the addition of Zachary Franklin and feel really good about now the state of their wide receiver room. So good pickup. Portal King strikes again. Offense got some help. Defense got some help in this window. I don't know uh, if they're going to add any more. I haven't heard uh, of, of any possibilities. I, of course, will let you know. Uh, but so far, the spring portal window has addressed a lot of needs. I mean, I would even go so far to say that they have gotten a win better. Uh, and that sounds like I'm underselling it. I, I don't think so. Um, but they, they have, on paper, gotten a win, maybe two wins better uh, in the spring. We'll see if that actually plays itself out on the field. But nevertheless, a, a good day again in the transfer portal and a good spring in the transfer portal this podcast is brought to you by advantage business systems check them out online absms.com if you are in the market for office technology and you are located anywhere inside the state of mississippi your business anywhere in mississippi check them out again absms.com you for your office technology needs advantage business systems will also give you a complimentary office technology assessment just tell them that i was the one that sent you so you tell them what you need what your budget is what you're looking for you know, copiers and printers, mail machines, data security, IT projects, phone systems, technology in the office. And if you're in Mississippi, check them out, absms.com. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. They have 16 locations across the state of Mississippi. And if you need a loan, uh, any type of loan, it's local. It's somebody that you sit down with face-to-face. My previous bank, I had to deal with somebody over the phone, and I had a Zoom call. In order to get uh, a loan, I didn't actually use them, uh, as a matter of fact, but that's the effort that I had to go to, not with Priority One Bank. It's local, 16 locations in your backyard. Of course, they have online banking, but it's a one-stop shop. You don't need multiple apps to manage your money the way you do in other places. Priority One Bank, making you their priority. So this might be a little bit of old news for you uh, because the SEC decided to stay at eight games. And I think two things can be true at once on this. Uh, I think what's best for the fans overall is having the ninth extra conference game, having more weekends that have more high-profile matchups. As a college football fan, that's what I want. Uh, And I know a lot of you want that as well. There's also a large sum of Ole Miss fans that want to keep it at eight to give them the best chance at at making the playoff. That's also true. Um, I do think, though, that the reaction to this from college football media was absolutely absurd just absolutely ridiculously absurd and i'll explain why in uh, the clip i'm going to play for you uh, right now so here's uh, some of, some of my thoughts on why the sec right now just right now made the right call staying at eight conference games for now just right now for now they made the right call here's some of my thoughts on that and uh, when this clip ends, that will also end the show. So I appreciate you guys uh, checking this out and uh, hanging out on a Sunday. The live chat will be brought to you tomorrow night and hope to see you there. In the meantime, here's the clip and I'll talk to you guys again soon. The SEC is going to stay at eight games with a one plus seven model 
for an an extra year. It's they're going to nine. The SEC is going to nine. I've kind of changed my position on this though. If I'm the SEC and I'm these SEC schools, and I have not been told specifically how much more money ESPN is going to give me to go to nine, I'm not going. You, st- I would stay at eight until I know. Because what they can do now is negotiate. They have leverage. ESPN is already locked into a contract with the SEC for a set amount of money for eight conference games. Why would the SEC decide to do more work effectively for the same pay? Could you imagine volunteering to your boss? Hey boss, you know I I'm eight to five, right? And I make fifty thousand dollars a year. Well, hey, boss, I'm going to do 7 to 10. But no, I, I don't want any more money. You keep your money. But I'm going to work 7 to 10 instead. Just just for you. It's goofy negotiating. It's ridiculous. Imagine being a salesperson and saying that you're going to sell double your quota, but you still want your commission capped. The SEC sits in a perfect negotiating position Why would they give up their leverage? It makes no sense at all to give up your leverage when ESPN will give them more money when they go to nine conference games. But that's not signed, sealed, and delivered yet. And so you've got people in our business, these media people that, I read a column yesterday that that called the league cowards for not going to nine. I saw Tim Brando, for example, said that the the committee is going to remember that the SEC doesn't have nine conference games when they're deciding who makes the 12 seed. And it's like, do you guys hear yourselves? Number one, eight games or nine games, it's still the best and most difficult league in America. I'm sorry, the difference between the SEC and the Big Ten is staggering. And just because the Big Ten has nine Conference games doesn't make their league more difficult when that extra game is in Piscataway, New Jersey. Spare me. Give me a break. So the SEC is still going to get whoever they want in the playoff. They're still going to make the most money. They still have fans that care more than everybody else. They still live in the footprint that produces the most players, and they have negotiating power. And you want them to give all that up? Why? Because the Pac-12 has nine conference games? Because the Big 12 is not? Because the Big 10? Who made the Big 10 move to nine conference games? Who made them do that? Nobody. It's not the yeah. SEC's fault the Big 10 decided to go to nine conference games. It's not their fault at all. So you're asking, or you're telling and calling them cowards for giving up their leverage because of your feelings? Bizarre. Doesn't make any sense to me at all. The SEC is in prime position to get more money for their schools. And if you're an Ole Miss fan and you're a Mississippi State fan listening to this, you want Zach Selman and Keith Carter to play hardball now. Because if they do, that means more money's coming. And while it's going to be equal to Alabama and LSU and each other, it'll be more than NC State and Clemson and Florida State and Oklahoma State and these programs that everybody in the Big Ten, you want to further separate and you want your ADs to advocate for that, stay at eight and don't change it at all until you get more money. That is final. That's what they should do. The SEC only plays eight games argument always bothers me because there is the Power 5 game requirement. They do play nine Power 5 games a year. 
They play somebody from the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the Big the Big 12, or the ACC. Everybody does it. Everybody in the conference is playing nine non-conference games. Looking ahead to like some future schedules, you got some scheme teams like Alabama. They'll be playing ten a year. Yeah, they've got they've got games scheduled out for it. So you know, does Mississippi State have a, a tougher game when they play Arizona, or if they were going to play as you said at Rutgers or at Northwestern? Well, I mean, what's the tougher game? It's Arizona. So yeah, that's that's one of the things that people point out or, or pick on about the SEC, and I never understand that. And I do. I love the fan reaction. I really do. And, and fans are irrational. Uh, you know, we know that. But all day I've seen, well, if the SEC moves forward with this, then the Big Ten needs to go back to eight immediately. Again, as if as if that's the difference. It's hilarious to me that that fans of Iowa, for example, think that the only thing separating Iowa and Alabama is the fact that they got to play one more Big Ten game, and not everything I mentioned before. Um, the the give a darn in this region of the country is unmeasured or, or unmatched by any other. It's it's down to that. There's more players here. There's more care here, and because of that, there's more money here. And you, you're not going to change that by playing an extra conference game or playing a one fewer conference game. It, mm-hmm. It's just never going to happen that way. The if the the bottom line is this: the SEC is like the president it doesn't matter who you are you hate them you know and the people who support them will do it almost blindly but if you're outside of that you know if you're a democrat and the president is a republican if the republican president and democrat you hate him oh what do you do i hate him yeah the sec's the same way eight games i hate them nine games i hate them it doesn't matter there's no winning you just got to do what's best for you whatever makes your conference the most money yeah and it's going to go and it's almost like these people don't pay attention to the reporting i have not seen a single report on this that said that this vote is permanent not one it's one additional year of eight games instead of it going to 9 in 2024 it's going to be 8 in 2024 and 9 in 2025 ross dellinger is huh? a premier newsbreaker in college football on one of the biggest brands in sports media. That's his platform. And it's like when he reports stuff, people react to it without reading it. He's telling you, they're going to nine. Guys, relax. They're they're going to nine, just not right away. They're going to give it a year so they can get more money. And it's like nobody, they, they react to it. But they don't read it. I'm telling you, the, the, the column that called the SEC cowards was so funny to me. It's like, okay, you media person, who I like actually, so I'm not going to call him out by name, but next time your boss asks you to create more content, don't you dare ask for more money. Don't do it. Never ask for a pay raise again, even if you're doing more work or your work is viewed or seen by, by more people. It's like, we want everybody else to act in ways that we don't. Very bizarre. The SEC is going to stay at 8 in 2024. They're going to go to 9 in 2025. It's fine. The reaction, though? Bizarre. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.